I'm Jeremy Fusey. I'm Ashley Campbell. And this is Holy Media. Jeremy, it's our first episode. Yay. <laughs> this is super exciting. Indeed. Yay. So, as uh, as those of you who listened to our, our show trailer should know, because now this is a quiz, uh, what what do we do first in in a Holy Media episode? We, of course, crack open a beer and describe what we're drinking today. And we invite you all to, to join um, Jeremy and me while we unless, drink our beers. Unless you're driving. Unless, yeah, unless you're listening to this in a car. So, what are you drinking, Jeremy? So, I am drinking a uh, new release from Dogfish Head, great brewery here in Delaware, where I currently reside, called Beer de Provence. <gasps> it's a how's, great beer. <laughs> yeah, how's, how was my French? I didn't take French. You laughed at me last time I said that. Uh, no, you did You did a better job. <laughs> I, I will, I will not laugh at you. <laughs> um, so, this is a Cezanne, which uh, farmhouse sales are perfect summer beers in my opinion uh, and this one has a little bit of lavender and some marjoram and bay leaves in it so what are you drinking today uh i am drinking a traverse city cherry wheat uh which is by atwater brewery um a detroit brewery yay and traverse city is a city in northern michigan just for those of you who don't know your michigan geography if only this were a video, I could use my hand as a map, and it would be super helpful. Um, <laughs> but Traverse City is really, really well known for its cherries. We have a cherry festival every every 4th of July. Uh, so that's my beer. And on the bottle, it says, pairs with back porches, backyards, and just kicking back. So that's what we're doing. We're just kicking back with some religion and movies. All right, shall we shall we crack them open? Let's do it. So, Jeremy, what are we talking about today? Today's topic is what makes a film religious. Um, so, this is something I've thought about uh, on and off quite a bit. Uh, but it came back to the forefront of my mind with the recent announcement that Mel Gibson will be making a sequel to Passion of the Christ. Um, so this movie will um, undoubtedly fall firmly in the camp of films that uh, some conservative evangelicals flock to by the busload. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of other films uh, like God's Not Dead uh, uh, and Risen and fil- films like that that are explicitly... Uh, films made by and for the Christian right. Um, but my main question today is, are these the only films that deserve to be called religious? Um, and I think as a, a counter to that, I recently went to see The Conjuring 2, uh, <laughs> which is not a film I expected to fit into this conversation. But It does. I would argue it is actually uh, quite religious, uh, not just because the, the, the screenwriters are themselves religious, but because uh, the film is all about uh, faith and God being there for you in times of crisis. And uh, uh, 
evil versus good and uh really uh i think by all by all definitions uh would count as a religious film even though but, it's a horror film but wait wait okay let's define our terms real quick so you're not saying that just because a movie has the battling of good and evil in it that that makes it a movie about religion because i think that's kind of you know the typical plot line of any story <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think that uh definitely makes uh generally for religious themes uh but religious themes alone do not make a religious movie i do not think but i guess i guess okay so i'm not i i i agree you can't say that any movie about good and evil is a religious movie because then uh, religion would be everywhere. <laughs> oh, wait, it is. Uh, <laughs> that's the whole premise of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm curious as to how we're going to distinguish then between movies that are made for a very specific religious audience, like God is Not Dead, and movies that are made by Hollywood or, you know, mainstream indie. And when I say mainstream indie, I'm thinking, like, Sundance. That are about religion or have religious themes. Mm -hmm. Specifically, I'm thinking thinking of, um, you know, all of the, the... blockbuster movies that have been coming out lately over the summers about religious figures, like Christian biblical figures. Right. Like uh, Noah. Yeah, like Noah. Uh, or, or for instance, um, Divine Access, which I still really need to see, and I'm super excited to see. But, like, that is clearly not a movie for religious viewers. Why do you say that? I kind of, it's kind of irreverent, and I can't imagine that the population that wants to go see a film like God is Not Dead would enjoy the irreverency of a guy who kind of seems to be, like, challenging religion rather than full-heartedly supporting it as a television pastor Right, but I mean, of course, as you know, uh, the religious population of the United States is not just a specific kind of conservative evangelical. No, but I'm talking about, like, the people who make God is not dead. (laughs) Right. Uh, I mean, I think my answer would be that uh, I think they should all be under the umbrella of religious films. Um, If they go beyond just using religious themes and they are uh, structured um, wholly in a way to explore religion and faith, uh, then we should call them religious films, whether they're God's Not Dead or I'm thinking of movies like Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, uh, The Coen Brothers' A Serious Man, Big Fish, I think, is a great example of this. Um, I think that's clearly a religious movie, and it explores the difference between lowercase truth and truth with a capital T in a very religious way. Um, and I think deserves the deserves the title religious film. I will publicly identify as as a as a non-religious person. I you know 
since I was a kid. I have not affiliated or identified with any religious tradition. And it was a very conscious choice on my part at the age of 11. Um, That's a story for a different day. But I still wanted to go see Passion of the Christ. I, but I don't think I'm in the majority. I mean, you, did you see Passion of the Christ? I did. I was one of those evangelicals who was taken in a bus to see Passion of the Christ with uh, my youth group. Uh, and I think it was, yeah, obviously very much a religious film. And I think somewhat in the category of films that you talked about, like Noah, and then there was currently the uh, recently Last Days in the Desert. Um, uh, both of those films were not films um, by and for conservative evangelicals, um, but they were explicitly based on the Bible. Um, but so, I don't... so I think that's a that's another kind of, of religious film. Uh, that, that's true. That but I like, think I, clearly I guess deserves I'm... the label. Oh, those totally deserve the label. But I'm also a little confused by them. But because... they, they also they also make uh, some of the audience, like you were saying, not, you know, it's not just the sort of indie films um, that make the audience of God's Not Dead angry. Uh, I, I know uh, Noah especially. Um, Darren Aronofsky got a lot of flack for not interpreting the story of Noah um, in a... Uh, the same way that many conservative evangelicals do. And so they, you know, they sat out on that one. Okay. So I was talking with a coworker the other day mm-hmm. about religion movies and why are we so against this concept of a movie about religion coming out as a blockbuster? I mean, like, I didn't see Noah. I kind of want to go see Last Days. Simply mm-hmm. because the idea of Ewan McGregor playing both Jesus and the devil is I is some acting that I want to really see, and some cinematography that I want to see. But I mean, I think about like the movie Ten Commandments. It's it's a classic film, at least in my understanding of movies. The Ten Commandments film is a classic. The Ten Commandments movie appealed to a wide audience, whereas now it seems like films that get the definition of religious are not supposed to appeal to a wide audience. It's it's as if it's like countercultural. Mm-hmm. No, I I think that's true, and I think that uh, to get nerdy for a second, um, this makes me think of um, H. Richard Niebuhr's classifications of how uh, evangelical Christians uh, can interact with culture. So he had, I think it was five. He had. Christ against culture, Christ of culture, Christ above culture, Christ in culture and paradox, and Christ the transformer of culture. And so I'm not going to get into all of those, uh, but I think the first one is important, Christ against culture, um, because I think that is where uh, the the uh, audience and the makers of films like God Not Dead lie, where they view all expressions of culture outside the church with a high degree of suspicion um, and uh, uh, generally corrupted by sin, and so I think the the idea is that for for that audience, um, there is no religious film outside of the church, and that's very strictly defined. But I think we, uh, uh, as a wider American culture, have just accepted that definition and gone along with the idea that only conser- conservative evangelical 
films are religious films. And I, I think I would argue that we should actually broaden the definition. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I totally think that movies struggling and wrestling with religious themes, and I would even go so far as to say films that don't even talk about religion, where mm-hmm. religion is kind of just in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, I feel like Big Big Fish, to, to bring that back yeah, up... Yeah, definitely. Um, ...would fit into that category. I don't think they ever explicitly talk about no, religion I don't, in that film. I don't think they do either. I'm trying to think. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but I don't disagree with you that the category should be applied broadly, but we're two people, Jeremy, and we tend to agree on not everything, but a lot of stuff. And we're also like... <laughs> nerdy academic-y people who like you know are kind of inclusive when we define things but I have to wonder if this the reason this has happened is not not because it's always been that way but because we have this underlying anxiety about talking about religion and pop culture Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't say in the public because I would just look at our politics. But I think there is a hesitancy to say, oh, this is something that's religious because there's a fear of alienating a whole population of viewers. I think it's I think it may actually be like a consumption issue of mm-hmm. the majority of, of people who consume these films if they hear it or as referred to as a religious film, they're going to think it means one thing and not go, and then that's not good for people who want to make money off of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's a good point, but I think, I think people would be less afraid of religious films if we called more films religious Religious. Films. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... And I think also you brought up Noah. I think that the, that kind of was a marketing backfire. I think probably the, <laughs> the, the selling point um, for um, letting Darren Aronofsky make that film was that, oh, look, we have this big Hollywood blockbuster, so it'll appeal to the conservative evangelical crowd and the the people who normally go see Hollywood blockbusters. And uh, We'll just put ki- in some really of... awesome special effects, and everyone will love it. Right, and... Uh, it didn't really appeal to either of them for for those reasons. The conservative evangelicals were suspicious of it because it was, uh, you know, Christ against culture. And the uh, broader mainstream blockbuster crowd didn't want to go see it because it was a religious film. So how are we going to reclaim the category religious film, Jeremy? Good question. Um, We're going to become famous. That's how. I mean, I think, uh, honestly, probably the easiest way for that to happen is for the uh, sort of cultural interpreters of films to use this label, and I would be referring to uh, movie critics. Um, I uh, love reading uh, movie reviews. I have several favorite uh, uh, movie critics. Most of them worked at the what was formerly the Dissolve R.I.P. Um, 
but I think uh, movie critics uh, sort of interpret, um, you know, not just whether a film is good or bad, but what what it means and draw out the themes. And I think if uh, more people would refer to uh, movies that are explicitly religious as religious films um, and not just save the term religious or faith-based for um, uh, films like God's Not Dead 2, then I think it would better serve uh, moviegoers and uh, wider American culture. Okay. Um... I think it needs to be a grassroots movement. Yeah? Do we need to flood the streets? Make signs? <laughs> no, I, I think if if we can get... That's what I meant by, like, we're, we'll become famous. <laughs> Through this podcast, <laughs> we are going to convince everybody, the entire world... Not, not the entire world, that's impossible... Okay, let's let's go for a goal of we are going to convince our immediate relatives and our friends and family because that's probably who's actually the only people listening to this episode. <laughs> but that to to refer to movies as religious films even if they appeal to a broad audience and are just touching upon religious themes. Like for instance, What's the movie you just saw? Well, the well I mean, I mean, I'll, most movies touch on religious themes, but the, go go a little bit beyond that. Okay, right? would, okay, would be would be what I would argue for. So, would you call Conjuring? Was it Conjuring Two? Yeah. Would you refer that as a religion horror movie? I mean, yeah, I would say that it's a, a religious film that is also a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I granted I feel like with that example we're getting into semantics because it's like do you classify it as a horror film first or do you classify it as like right. religious film? But part of it is also granted I think things have changed maybe a little bit. Actually not really. I was gonna say maybe things have changed a little bit when it comes to like genres and categories now that we don't have blockbuster and you don't have to like physically put a film in only one genre. Mm-hmm. I miss blockbuster, but that's a different thing. Um because, like, technically, with films, you could categorize something as both a drama right. and a horror. And that's the beauty of tagging and, like, metadata and uh, cool internet things. Yeah, no, I was going to... I'm I'm all for multiple, I guess, to put it in editing terms, you know, multiple tags or, you know, Netflix terms. I think it should be, you know, if you're looking up The Conjuring 2, I think it should say horror and religious film. Okay, so that's that's our goal podcast listeners this is your duty you are going to go out this is our first converting people to being religion nerds you're going to go out and you are going to evangelize (laughs) to other film goers that religious movies are not just movies made by and for the very very conservative evangelicals in this country Right. That's your homework podcast, listeners. There you go. I think it would be great to end this conversation uh, with words that are are not our own. I read, uh, and you also read, Ashley, a great article in the Washington Post by Anne Hornaday. And she is touching on the same subject that we're talking about. And she wrote, quote, The best religious art has less to do with simplistically depicting God or Jesus 
or the events of the Bible than with inviting viewers into a much bigger picture to wrestle with their own sense of purpose and spiritual understanding or lack thereof. Like all great art, religious films that are intellectually complex, carefully crafted, and morally engaged have a way of bridging the sacred and the secular. Beautiful. Beautiful. There we go. Sacred and the secular. And speaking of sacred and secular, that was a horrible segue, but we're going (laughs) to go with it. Uh, I think it's time to have a religion nerd moment. Um, So... So listeners, as as Jeremy mentioned in our show trailer, and as you heard today, we will be starting every episode with beer. We will be ending episodes with religion nerd moments. Woohoo! Yay! Uh, so Jeremy, do you have a religion nerd moment this week? I don't. Were we each supposed to have one? <laughs> I actually have two, because I thought of one while we were talking about movies. Uh, so I will share the one that I thought of while we were talking about movies. Okay. Uh, I, I think I've told you this, but I walk to and from work, um, because I live and work across the transportation, public transportation desert. And yesterday when I was walking home from work, I saw a sign (laughs) that said, Jesus was a zombie. (laughs) And I put, I took a picture and posted it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But you're not on Instagram because you're mm. weird. Uh, <laughs> um, but I really was thinking, it's like, I would totally dig that. I could t- dig a, a zombie Jesus. And then it got me thinking about why is there not a zombie Jesus movie? And <laughs> when zombie you, Abe Lincoln. Why not when, zombie Jesus? Exactly. And there's zombie Pride and Prejudice, which hasn't been made into a movie yet, but probably mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. eventually. No, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie? I yeah. thought it was just a book. No, no it's, a it's, movie? it's available to rent now on Voodoo. Oh, I, saw I know what I'm day. doing while I pack my apartment up. <laughs> um, but really, when you brought up Conjuring 2, I was like, zombie Jesus. I- I'd watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I would too. <laughs> let's be honest. He rose from the dead. Yep. Enough said. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think uh I think you're onto something there. All right. I mean, at least Jesus fighting zombies. I mean, I guess that's what the Abe Lincoln you film know, was I about. I like the idea of Jesus being a zombie. Hmm. And that like the both whole... both fully god and fully zombie. Exactly. <laughs> and then we can get into a whole like the movie can basically be all about Christology. But it's really more wrestling with when a zombie becomes a zombie, is there any humanity left in them? <laughs> oh, interesting. No, I think that would uh, that would be really interesting. It actually reminds me of a book that I'm currently reading by Robert Joustra and Alyssa Wilkinson called How to Survive the Apocalypse, Zombies, <laughs> Cylons, Faith, and Politics at the End of the World. I, I think not only does that tie into what, what you were talking about, because we are in a particular moment in culture where um, there is a lot of apocalypse and a lot of zombies going on, um, but also uh, Alyssa Wilkinson uh, writes for Christianity Today, uh, and I think um, in in the effort, like you said, not to paint uh, groups of people with a broad brush, um, that's an evangelical publication that is all about engaging pop culture, and they do it in fantastic ways uh, on a daily basis, so shout out to... Alyssa Wilkinson and Christianity Today. Woohoo! Uh, also, 
Um, that made me think that I'm revising my zombie Jesus plot for this movie. Um, it is now going to be the millennium, like the biblical millennium. <laughs> and Jesus returns, mm-hmm. but oh no, oh no, plot twist, plot twist. The millennium on earth and Jesus' reign on earth and the kingdom of God mm-hmm. means we all have to become zombies. And Jesus is a zombie when he comes back for the millennium. And he is going around converting people to zombieism. <laughs> uh, speaking of films that won't sit well with uh, the Christian right. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going for a blockbuster. <laughs> There's going to be some really great special effects. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's my religion nerd moment. Uh, if you have a religion nerd moment, you should tweet it at us. Uh, you can tweet at me, um, which is at D-A-T underscore Campbell. Uh, and you should probably use the hashtag religion nerd, uh, just so that I know you're not just tweeting a random idea at me, which is cool. Like, I'll probably still respond to you, but hashtags are there for a reason. <laughs> and you can tweet at me at Jeremy Fusey, F-U-Z-Y is the last name. Uh, so that's it for this episode. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna peace out, um... In the meantime, I'm going to move to Colorado. That's going to be awesome. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So our next episode, which may or may not come out before I actually move to Colorado, now that I think about it, um, is comics. Yay, comic books. Um, We're going to talk about comics and TV shows based on comics that have religion in it somehow, some way. Subtly, probably not so subtly, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. So mm-hmm. tune in uh, in a couple of weeks and you can listen to episode two. And uh, just remember that you can find all of our episodes at the iTunes podcast app. Um, you can also find us on SoundCloud. And if you're really interested in uh, reading about or seeing some of the things that Jeremy and I talked about today in this episode, Go to medium.com slash w dash holy dash media. So I assume it will not be called Passion of the Christ 2. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're going to do it all over again. We didn't do it right the first time. Too passionate, too curious. And this is Holy Media. <laughs>